0: You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. I can't say that word. A podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. What is wrong with me? Okay. You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are your hosts, Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist.
1: Take it away, boys. Yay, she finally got it out. At a girl. Uh, welcome right. to Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 67 for February twenty-fourth, two thousand ten. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm at VanderList. I
0: probably will have multiple tries at trying to get this out also. So I'm I'm right there with, you know, <laughs> mistakes are king. Uh, but if you have any comments, questions, anything that you're going to hear today about something you hear today, see, I already did it, or something you <laughs> haven't heard, you know how to get a hold of us. There's a couple of different ways. Number one, you could drop us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone and you can leave us a message on our very own voicemail, 623-242-2450. And because I know the majority of you have memories like I do, we'll have it in the show notes because I just read it and I already forgot it. So
1: that's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Classic start for us. Uh, All right, well, let's jump right into it. We have a special guest again this time. I told you guys we're going to rotate some folks in from the community. Mm -hmm. And today we are uh, very pleased to have our buddy Rick Waters with us from the splintered board and uh, sawdust chronicle podcasts uh rick say hello hello there you go Is this on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome aboard rick Does everybody in the chat room has to give a round of applause somehow so nah, that's close enough <laughs> yeah
1: we want to yeah. hear him. But, but yeah rick's here so we're very very happy to have him with us and he's going to guest host with us which we think is fun because uh you know if you're going to have someone on you may as well have them work right
0: that absolutely. And it helps to cover up my little uh, blunders here and there because then you guys can just like jump in and I'll be like, oh, I was trying to be courteous and let them finish the question. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. Oh, so You, let's, mean, you guys,
2: uh, uh, you guys expect, expect me to actually talk, you, you know, only once on, in a uh, while. On the Sawdust Chronicles, all I do is sit and listen. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, no,
0: That would be the four-hour special when I called in that one time. I, I think that was pretty much how that went. Neither one of you talked when I called in.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, when, if I, you're inspired to say anything, just jump right in and, and say it. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, right. don't hold
0: back one bit because we never do.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is where we talk about what's on our bench. And we will start with our honored guest, Rick. Um, let us know, man. What, do you, what are you working on? What do you have going on pertaining to sawdust?
2: Well, uh, what's on my bench is actually my bench. And uh, a couple of days ago, it was actually my table saw was on my bench. Oh. Um, yeah, I got I got a couple of really nice presents for Christmas that uh, it took me a long time to actually, you know, unpackage them and, uh, mm-hmm. and put them to use. And one of them was a, uh, you know, I don't have a great uh, dust collection system. So I took uh, or, or I received a one of those Table saw dust collection bags. Okay. That sits okay yeah. under, uh, yeah, it sits underneath my contractor saw. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I got that. So my table saw was upside down on the bench. And up until about twenty minutes ago, my bench was upside down on the floor of the garage. Wow. And uh you know, I was I was affixing Good. a uh an an invice that uh Shannon Rogers sent me. So Okay, okay. Yeah, so um, uh, jinx. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what what so, type what type of vice is it? You, you said an end vice, but what specifically what kind of type of end vice?
2: Oh lord, you're going to have to uh you're going to you're going to kill me here. Um
1: <laughs> I mean is it like is it just one of the the metal units with the big thread and you got to build, you know, build your own um, you know, end piece to it or is it like yeah. a twin screw dealy whacker?
2: No, no, no. Yeah, you, you do have you do have to end up putting um, you know, building it yourself pretty much. Okay, but, cool. Uh, um yeah, it, you know, I I had uh, I. I actually had a great time going out and picking the wood for the uh, for the jaws for this thing. Okay, and uh, so you know, it's the first time I, I ended up went going out this past weekend and getting some uh, some eight quarter uh, birch, and uh, this is the first time I've used birch before, other than ply. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's it's Surprising to me It's it's really nice It's kind of beautiful To work with I'm sorry I'm putting it On a bench
1: <laughs> It can be I mean it's very It reminds me a little bit Of maple But it certainly has a, a different There's definitely A different element to it It's a little more complex I think than maple In some cases
2: Yeah If, if I if I didn't know That it was birch I, I'd say right off That it was uh, You know That it was maple Mm-hmm
1: Right Oh, cool. yeah.
0: cool. This is kind of funny because I was just listening to your your most recent podcast today at work when you were kind of debating what wood you're going to go with if you're going to go with something nice. I know it was kind of funny because I think you mentioned something about the the, the jatoba and you're like I don't really think I want to use that. And I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. I don't even have jatoba in my shop. I don't know what I would
1: do with. it. I wouldn't be able to recognize that from anything. <laughs> yeah, well, you need something nice something stuff. good that's not not too expensive. I think birch is a great choice.
2: Yeah, it yeah. it was relatively cheap. It was uh, I, I think I. Um, you know, my, my bench is 24 inches deep and, uh, I, I think the board I got was six and a half inches wide, a little wider than I needed, but, uh, you know, for a, for a 48 inch, uh, well, it's a little longer than 40 in- inches, but for 48 inch, eight quarter, um, you know, board, it was, I think it was only 30 bucks, something like that.
1: Okay. That's-
0: yeah, I, I, since I've never not bought Birch, I don't know. Is that a good price? <laughs>
1: it's, it's good for me. <laughs> I am so far out, at, like removed from pricing anymore being in Arizona. Everything is expensive to me. So, you know, whatever it is, it's all more expensive than I used to pay. Um, okay. But, you know, so, if I I don't know. It doesn't matter. i just, the credit card is always hurting and crying every time I go buy material, which is actually why I get everything but from Bell Forest anymore. Just because it's, even with shipping, it's still way cheaper than what I can get locally. Is it really? I believe
0: that. I I really believe that. Yeah, and you have like all the shipping in there. You don't have to worry about going to pick it up or anything. That's one thing I like about a service like that. And
1: It's nice, but that's also the disadvantage, you know, because now I can't choose the wood. I can't pick it out of a pile. I mean, so it is, in some cases, it's great, but in others, it's, it's not so great. If I'm looking for really choice stuff that's, you know, maybe the the panel of a door or something, mm-hmm. I really want to see that material before, uh, if possible, but, you know. Not, not me, warning. man. I like to just roll the <laughs> dice. Just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? If there's a knot
0: in the middle of the thing that falls up, put it in the pile. I'll take it.
2: <laughs> hey, you know what? Actually, I, you know, I want to get some advice on, on this uh, on this birch that I just bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I've already cut it to, to size for both the, the front and rear jaws, but, you know, I'm looking at the end grain, not right now, but, you know, this past weekend, I was looking at the end grain on it, and it looks like I almost got the center of the tree. I mean, oh, okay. it, it is so, you know, it, I can see almost a whole full semicircle here sometimes. You know, it, it is, am I going to be worrying about that even though it's eight quarter? Am I going to have to worry about that later?
1: You can. I mean, it really depends. If it, But if it's kiln dried and it's, it's pretty stable, I would, you know, with something like that, I always like to mill it just a little bit, you know, to clean off a little material from both ends of the board and let it sit. Um, you know, as dry as it is here, I had a uh, a four quarter piece of maple that was uh, I left it outside for a long time just because of the move, and brought it back in. And you would think, even in Arizona, the fact that it's still relatively dry and there's not much humidity, um, I worked both ends, and I was just doing you know for for a small project. And the next day, it cupped uh, significantly, like um, I would say about an eighth of an inch over a four inch piece. So even in my conditions, you know, with a piece that was kiln dried, I wound up with an issue. And this was just figured maple. So yeah, you wow. certainly, you know, depending on the cut, you certainly could have issues. But um the best thing to do is just kind of mill it a little bit on both sides, let it sit a couple days, see what happens, and just keep putting a straight edge on it, see if it uh if it curls up on you. But I mean you should be okay as long as it's relatively stable to begin with. Right. All
3: right, absolutely. I'll give it a shot.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh Matt, what's uh what's the dilly with your shop? You've now are you ready to talk about the, the big saw or is it too oh, soon? Oh yeah.
0: Oh no no no. Well it's kinda too soon, but it's 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 put together. Okay. The saw is finally in the shop. The old stuff is out of the way. It I, I ran it a couple of times. I haven't actually cut anything with it yet, but it doesn't matter because I've run it. So the, the, the motor, <laughs> motor's working, everything's in place. I'm I'm really excited about this because technically it's a bigger saw, but it takes a smaller footprint than what I had with my smaller saw, which is I, I don't understand. It's almost like quantum physics or something. It just, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, you know, taking the space. It's like, it's like the TARDIS from Doctor Who. It's bigger on the inside, but it doesn't make sense. And, <laughs> you know, all this other stuff. And it, it's, but the one thing that is killing me, this, this saw, this is the one with the granite top. Now, this is a Steel City 10-inch right. uh, cabinet saw, granite top. Heavy is unbelievable. I get the whole thing assembled. I step back and I look and off to my side. Hey, there's the built-in caster system. What is it <laughs> doing on the bench? <laughs> right
1: where it belongs, still in the box.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm like, oh, no. Oh, how am I going to do this? So I thought, like, you know, maybe I could up some benches or something, and I could drop it down myself to kind of get it. I got it down, like, halfway, and there's that point when your body goes, seriously, you're going to try this? You really want to do this? <laughs> oh, man. So... Luckily, I can pull it across the floor. It's not damaging anything except the floor, which I'm not too worried about. And I've got it in position. I'm not worried about it. So some point later on down the road, I'll come back and I'll attach those casters on there. So it'll be a little bit easier to move it around. Okay. But I'm I'm in love with this thing. I am so... I'm so geeked about it because I can finally <laughs> use new um, uh, accessories, which I've never been able to use before. I mean, it's just. Industry it's, it's, standard accessories. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Like modern day industry standards accessories. Wow. Before, do you, it was do like, you actually
2: Whoa. have a blade guard
0: now? I have a blade guard. I have two options for riving knives. And this time I kept them.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> like, man. You're in, the la- you're in the lap of luxury over there.
0: I, the other thing that's really neat about this is my I, I can tilt the blade to a full 45 degrees without a lot of cussing and swearing. Where my old one, I, I literally would have to like get it as far as I could, I get it to 43 degrees, and then I would have to take a clamp, hold the motor, and do a few other acrobatic things to get that last two degrees to 45 if oh, I wanted man. to. Oh man, no kidding. Yeah, yeah so hey, it's. Oh, excited!
2: Hey, Mark, I I think uh I think there's an intervention to be called for here. I think he's getting too pampered.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, this is like the granite top. Are you gonna take a, a cutting board down there? Maybe cut some carrots up for for salad. And I I'm mean, thinking
0: about a, a nice mineral oil on top to help, you know, get a nice penetration in there. But you know, there's one thing I thought about, and I'm like, I really should not get in this habit. I'm no longer worried about putting a drink down on my on my table yep, anymore. Yep. 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 Okay. That, that's. The number one thing.
1: <laughs> so now what overall, what is your impression uh of the granite as far as usage, how it's gonna be in your shop? I mean, are you apprehensive about it or is this all all good? Is it all uh, you know, flowers and uh fairy tales?
0: Um,
1: I'm I'm on
0: the I'm in the middle of the road right now. I'm I'm sitting on the fence with it because I, I, I I've checked it with the straight edge. I've done all this other stuff. I you know, that you're technically supposed to. I'm doing the quotation marks right now, you know, that you're you're supposed to do all this stuff when you set it up. But at the same time, there's that part of me that's like, I don't really give a rip. I mean, it, it's going to be okay. It's going to work fine, like the other one was. Yeah. Um, my concern, the one thing I thought about is, what if I drop something on it?
1: You know, <laughs> right, right. C- c- yeah. What's
0: going to happen to the granite and everything? Um, so I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I say, ask me this question in like three months when I've had a chance to do something with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did notice it. Seems like it. The granite is so thick that even when I when I run it, um. It's a lot quieter. Oh, okay. It seems to be there's less vibration coming off of it, so it's not resonating as much. I mean, it's it's not like a tuning fork, so it, that's I think that's a, that's a huge plus, especially since this is a shop that's in the basement and the family's upstairs, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear anymore about what the hell are you doing, down there? <laughs> right. So what just kind of <laughs> just kind of
1: stabilizes things and and deadens the sound
0: a little bit. Absolutely, because when I was running the blade, you know, I kind of put my hand down on on the table's top, and it really. It, there was no movement, it wow. felt like absolutely nothing there, and I was totally blown away by that.
1: And what what's the uh, what kind of dust collection does this have on it? As far as you know, is it enclosed case and, and just a little port on the bottom, or what's the setup?
0: Yep, that's pretty much it. It's it, it's an enclosed. I mean, the, you know, the motor's there. It drops down to the cabinet. It's got the little slot that takes it out to the back, four inch hose um nice. right off the back end there yeah so it's it's pretty nice it, it's funny because i keep looking at the motor going i really hope that's totally enclosed because yeah. that, that, that could get pretty bad but um yeah so that that's one thing I, I even hooked up the dust collector to it just to feel to see you know how much more suction if there was more suction and it did feel like there was so okay it, this could definitely be something worth playing with cool one thing i did notice and um Again, since I have limited experience with modern day saws, <laughs> the uh, opening for where the blade is going to protrude out of there—it's a completely different. I mean, usually there's kind of like that uh, oval or kind of elongated, you know, um, oval shape for the mouth, and sure, this, this one is a rectangle.
1: Okay, and so you're talking about the the zero clearance insert itself. The whole thing is is actually a rectangle instead of that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And is so it a different it, depth.
0: Uh, no, it looks like it's pretty standard, but it's um, there's like three or four screws on it to hold it down into place. OK. So, you know, this is one of those things that if you were to like, you know, rather than making your own zero clearance, you know, inserts um, that, you know, you could go to the store and pick up some. This one, you know, you would I definitely have to special order. I think I'm sure by now they've made some. I should have done some research on that before I started talking about that one. You
1: can't just drop one in like you if it's square, you can't just build it yourself.
0: I probably could, but that wouldn't involve me getting in the shop and working with it. <laughs> it's actually, it involved me
1: actually cutting wood, which is, you know, counterproductive. Right. I don't want to do that. It's a new saw. I don't <laughs> like it, it dirty. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds pretty cool, man. I'm glad to hear you got it. You have to, to keep yeah. us posted on it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the nice thing is one more thing was the um, the, the fence. Uh, we got the industrial uh, fence on it. Oh, so nice. It's very nice. It has all these bells and whistles and these adjustments that you're like, it's just this side of pushing a button and doing it all itself. <laughs> right. I mean, it's really nice. amazing. Wow. So yeah, definitely. So enough about me. <laughs> you know, heard uh, from Rick. What about you, Mark? What's going on?
1: Um, sharpening, sharpening, sharpening. I've I've got some time between projects, and uh, it's uh, obviously the best time to do some sharpening. So I pulled the stones out and and just started to uh, to go at it. Every chisel, every plane blade, uh, spoke shaves. I mean, every possible thing and. I had a lot of stuff like my my router plane. I've had that for a couple years now, and believe it or not, I just have not ever sharpened the the thing, and it's it's right out of the box. So this is one of those times where you're looking at it, going, you know what? What is what is the practical difference between a Lee Valley plane and a Lee Nielsen plane, for instance? Ah, good question. You know, and and I can't say this is across the board for all of their products because I don't have them all, but it seems like everything I have that's made by Lee Nielsen is pre-honed. Not just pre-honed, but the backs of the blades are flattened, and we're talking about you know just about anything I've ordered from them. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the opposite for everything that I have that is a Lee Valley product. Now, this is not to say that the planes aren't good. It's just to say you're not getting some of that initial work done for you. Um,
0: right. Well, so the the ones from see, and I only have the Lee Valley ones. So okay. Uh, the I, now all my Lee Valley ones are always pre-lapped. The back is, but yeah, the the the, the actual uh, angle itself isn't honed.
1: Okay, well then, uh, whatever I have, maybe I got unlucky, but I'm I'm I am i i do not have many in the uh, big planes from okay. in the Veritas line. What I've got is a uh, two spoke shaves that I was working on, and also their router plane. Neither okay. one of those uh, were flat on the back.
0: Okay, yeah, in that case, no, you're right because I did the same thing with my router plane just the other day. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna. I should take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did the same
1: thing. So, well, okay, even yeah. just the, the spoke shave just took me forever to flatten mm-hmm. that thing out, and then the bevel on the router plane still had, I mean, really heavy machine marks. Like not not just a little bit, but heavy, heavy machine marks. So again, it's good quality steel. I'm not not saying that it's bad. It's just if you don't want to do that initial work, which can take hours depending on oh, how yeah. many you have to do, um, you know that that is the difference. Is when I pull out that that Lee Nielsen right out of the box. You can do a little fine honing on it, but for the most part, that puppy is ready to go.
4: (laughs) You know, it's absolutely. You know, so
1: I don't know if that's some people may think that's worth paying for. I'm not sure if you know. I fall on the side that yeah, I would rather pay somebody to do that than do it myself, but I'm lazy. So, uh, you know, the the one
0: nice thing with that sorry is um, by having them do it, it's pretty much set up where you just come in and it's. I think it's easier to then touch it up afterwards. mm -hmm. You know, just do a light touch up where sometimes if you're not that familiar with it say this is your first plane that you're buying or your first whatever um oftentimes you're never quite sure where to stop yeah. when it comes to the sharpening you know how far do you go and that's kind of a neat one because it's it's pretty much taking you to that point so you just have to come in and lightly touch it up which if you're like me then it's like 4 hours later you've Remove two inches of steel.
1: (laughs) And it's still not flat. (laughs) Right. It's banana shaped. Yeah, well I had to even, um, I had to do that little, you know too much about that, man. Um, I had to do that little trick on the spoke shape blades. As small as they are, I had trouble because it was cupped. So I uh, I was taking material off of the ends and, and nothing in the middle and even held it up to the light with a straight edge on it and I could visually see that I had a ways to go. So the only choice I had was to um, what I like to do is grab a little feeler gauge set that I consider sacrificial and I use it Ooh. for you know gauges and, and little shims and things like that. So I took, um, it was like .025 inches or something and put that down on the stone, rest the blade on top of that and it just kind of props up the back. So you're putting the slightest, slightest back bevel on it but it allows me to flatten essentially, technically flatten the back uh, without having to flatten the entire thing and that was right. actually a good time saver for me. Nice. So
0: basically, you're doing the ruler trick.
1: Yeah, basically, it's the ruler trick. I'm only using, you know, an old set of fueler gauges. Right. So. Now, Rick, I've cut you off twice, now three times. <laughs> don't, you gonna, don't don't let our guests talk. What are you kidding me? Just keep talking over. Them.
2: I, I'm just here to fill in the empty spaces. <laughs> no, I was going to say that, um, you know, not all, well, as far as my experience goes, which is one plane, uh, I, I would say that not all... Um, uh, ordered planes that you get the that um, that you get the uh, the sharpening service mm-hmm. added in uh, are can, can even come close to being the same because uh, you know I I I just got a a Woodcraft rabbiting plane the other day I, actually as it grows from from Woodcraft I paid the extra money for the um, for the sharpening
1: okay
2: and when I got it it same thing you know I I could see a bunch of machine marks. I took it out to the, I I took it out to my bench and started sharpening it up in five minutes. It was, it was like the difference between night and day, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's almost like it hadn't been sharpened at all. Wow.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I
2: was pretty upset, but I mean, it was only, I think it was less than five bucks for that sharpening service, which, you know, I guess I got my money's worth.
1: Yeah, I you know, and I guess everybody has a different idea of what truly sharpened is. You know, if it, what you get a, a Lee Nielsen blade at right out of the box is actually sharper than most people probably <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah. do. I mean, really, I take it, I take it, and I hone a, a secondary bevel at eight thousand grit, and it's done. You know, but right. prior to that, it was perfectly capable of making some really sweet shaving. So I, I really have nothing to complain about with that. That's for sure.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing I've I've noticed with some sharpening services. I only tried one previously, and I've talked to a couple other people about it. Um, but I had a set of chisels. Probably shouldn't have bought the uh, um, all ten of them for fifty bucks. No, wait, no, that's that's not right. That would have been two sets of ten, or <laughs> <Right. laughs> something like that. And I gave them to a sharpening surface. They all came back with that blue
1: tint to them, so you know oh. that somebody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little hot, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I can't even like you know um like try and use them on paper because it, it just rolls right over. It's horrible.
1: Yeah, well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, all right, well you know what? Let's uh, We we are going to be way behind schedule if we keep chatting like a bunch of old hens. Um, all right, so let's jump into the news here. Now I put this in a news section. I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. I wanted to get some information from the folks at Pop Woodworking. As you know, they're combining Woodworking Magazine and Popular Woodworking and making this new creation that's kind of a hybrid of both. And I uh, wanted to get a little update since that's coming out for the uh, April issue, I believe. And mm-hmm. got this really nice little round table thing that they put together for us. So it's a little, uh, it's about a oh, six. The editor. Oh, poop. Sorry about that. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I hit the fast forward button. But it's about a six minute clip if you guys want to listen to it. But uh, they just put a mic in the middle of the table and everybody told a, a little story about uh, something they're going to be writing about in the magazine. So about six minutes. We'll we'll see on the other end of this. Sweet.
5: Hi, this is Christopher Schwarz. I'm the editor of Popular Woodworking Magazine and Mark asked us to put together a little mp3 for Wood Talk Online about the new April issue where we're combining Woodworking Magazine with Popular Woodworking into one magazine. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's in the April issue. And before I do that, I wanted to say a little bit about what this is not. And what this magazine is not is it's not us closing Woodworking Magazine. It really is a combination, and a blend of the two magazines. And so I think you're going to see a lot of Woodworking Magazine DNA flowing through this magazine, especially in the form of uh, better, thicker, brighter paper, the of style of writing, and the whole editorial approach. Um, now, what I did for the uh, April issue, and Megan is here, and you can stop that, Megan. Um, what I did for the issue was uh, I went down to uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, spent a couple days with the uh, boys at uh, Clark and Williams, Plane Makers, which is probably the in my entire journalism career, the absolute craziest company I have ever uh, written about, and wrote a story about how uh, that company started basically with Larry Williams slipping on the ice. And uh, just all kind of uh, fell from there, so to speak. Um, now, on the cover is a really cool piece from the Whitewater Shaker Village that uh, Glenn Huey built for us. And so I'd like Glenn to tell us a little bit about uh, that piece and what uh, he liked about it.
4: And I get to go first? Fantastic. You're second, dude. <laughs> okay. Well, the, for me, the cupboard was really great because I had a chance to go out to the Shaker Village, which is really close here in Cincinnati, if you're not aware of it. And I've been to the other villages and visited them as well. But on this piece, to be able to actually sit down with the piece, the actual piece that was built on the uh, site and take measurements and see how it was put together was extremely interesting. Uh, Not only did I have to build based off of that, but there were a lot of aspects of the cupboard that you couldn't figure out just by looking at it. Or there were design ideas that had to be uh, brought back because those designs were lost over the period of 200 years or so since the piece was built. So it was a lot of fun to go that way. So the project, when you do get a chance to see it, is a shaker cupboard. It's a double blind door, uh, no drawers. Well, I'm sorry, there are three drawers in the bottom section. And it's a paint finished piece, which for me is an awful lot of fun because, uh, you know, I work with Tiger Maple, I work with a lot of hardwoods. But when you get to do a painted piece, then you have to play with the finish on it and try to make it look old. And I kind of walk through uh, the process on this piece after it was built and uh, put the paint on to kind of make it look like the original Shaker cupboard, but bringing it uh, back to an earlier age. So it was a great uh, great lot of fun, I really enjoyed it, and uh, the fun part is we took it over, delivered it to the Shaker community, and when you get the story read in there about the feet. Uh, There's uh, no feet on the original, I blogged about it a couple times on the editor's blog, And uh, made the feet so they could be removed. And funny thing is, I got a note from the uh, community just a couple days ago from one of the guys that said they had taken the feet off of the project now and have it sitting on the floor just like the original. And they took a vote, and it was four to two to leave the feet off. So when you build the piece, you might want to consider leaving the feet off as well.
5: Now let's just be clear that, that underneath that paint, it is tiger maple. (laughs)
4: <laughs> no no sorry it's it's popular and uh it's uh got an aniline dye stain on it and i walked through the process i use shellac and then move the paint on top of the shellac and it gives you a chance to kind of manipulate the paint a
5: little bit the other cool thing about this project uh is that drew DePenning, our associate editor for the web took a video that uh accompanies it and drew why don't you give us a, a quick
0: sure yeah the um the day we actually shot the cover um while we were moving the the piece in there i got a chance to spend a few hours with uh Jim Innes, he's the um, vice president of Friends of Whitewater Shaker Village. And he took me around the uh, meeting house, which is actually the only brick uh, shaker meeting house in existence. And uh, we spent a few hours just going around, um, and he walked us through the entire restoration process that they're working on. It was just a great time for me to learn about the history of the building, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it as well.
5: Now, speaking of video, uh, we're adding a lot of video components to the magazine, and one of them you're going to see in every issue is we're going to pick one or two of the tricks from Tricks of the Trade and illustrate it with an online video and this time uh, Megan did the video and Megan why don't you tell us about that?
3: Well this was actually my least favorite part of this magazine because (laughs) what happened here is that it gave the guys an opportunity to stack up all the saw blades in the shop that were covered with pitch and I got to try out a couple of different cleaners on them and since we've uh, shot that video I've had some letters from readers who read about it on the blog with some other suggestions, and I'll put those up on the blog in the coming weeks as well to tie in with the issue.
5: Yeah, and uh, we've got more tricks coming about uh, floor cleaners uh, for the next <laughs> issue. So <laughs> you can look forward to that. Yeah, Excellent. So yeah. I'll
3: have Chris come over and try that out in my dining room. And car waxes.
5: <laughs> and uh, Silent Bob, tell us uh, tell us, what was your favorite part of the, uh, the magazine.
3: Well, I...
6: Um Being completely self-serving like I am, I like my article about designing tables. Uh, It's kind of a new direction for us with uh, bringing George Walker in for design articles that we're empowering people to do their own designs. So I kind of like that, that we have the freedom now to take this approach rather than uh, just providing cookie-cutter plans. And uh, I think it's a really exciting aspect of the new format.
5: Absolutely. Well, we won't take up any more of your time, but the April issue should mail out very shortly and then be on uh, newsstands when, Megan?
3: Uh, The first week of March.
5: Okay. Uh, And as always, when you get it, send us an email and let us know what you think. You know we always respond. And uh, thanks, Mark and Matt, for having us.
1: Okay, so that was the Pop Woodworking people, and that was really awesome. I'm totally, totally excited about this new magazine. How How about you guys?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, combining two of the, the my favorite ones anyway. So now rather than having to carry around two magazines with me, <laughs> I just do it all in one. I, when I sit down to drop the Browns off at the Super Bowl, <laughs> I've just got one issue with me.
1: Oh, man, that has been coming up in conversation privately between Matt and I way too often lately. I just want to let everybody know. <laughs> oh you
2: you guys are like an old married couple,
1: we kinda are it's really bad, yeah, we started actually, we considered starting a new show like called the the uh what we I don't know something about like a grumpy woodworker or something like that, where we would just do nothing but um, bring out the bad side of all this woodworking stuff and complain about things or articles that we read and just a totally negative everything the opposite of what we normally do. And uh, <laughs> we figured that might be bad for our reputation, so we decided just to do it privately.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, wow. you know, you youngsters, <laughs> don't even get me started on
1: the stuff you guys are doing these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so um, let's uh, let's move along, everybody. By the way, it's what April April issue I think that comes out. So definitely, if right. you haven't subscribed to Ready to Pop Woodworking or the new. Pop woodworking now is the time because this is going to be some good stuff so uh, definitely yeah let's move along
0: sweet all right well one thing i think uh this just popped up the other day mm-hmm. and i think there's there's a little bit of back and forth on this i think some people are thinking this is a really neat idea other people are like why And, (laughs) But that's uh, over at Lee Valley. They have the new Veritas detail rabbit planes. And they're, oh, they're so little cute things. They're just kind of, they look like they'd fit in a little Easter bunny basket, put some ears on them, dress them up, play with them, my little pony style. But (laughs) there's like, what, five or six different uh, sizes. You can get a metric or imperial. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even mix them. I think there is a set that's five and it's like mostly uh, the imperial and then a couple of metrics in there. Okay. Um, I know that we have some online responses uh, that, that came out about this. and <laughs> <Yeah>. A mix, <laughs>
1: little, little people, bit of a mixed bag.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's to put it politely. My personal opinion, in case anybody's interested, I think they're really neat. But my first thought when I looked at them is, I think I have other tools that could do this. But at the same time, just to have them to say I had them, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah,
1: they look. You cool. might see them. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I, I wanted to, to actually put a few of these in there just for fun. Um, we'll, we'll we'll just take turns reading them. Aaron uh, Cashin. These are all from like Twitter or Facebook. Uh, when I asked what people thought, he says, uh, "Just another doodad. They look nice, but how many tools can we possibly buy?" That is blasphemy. I just want to say <laughs> that. That's like you
0: know i my one of my goals this year was to cut back on tool consumption but still
1: yeah <laughs> um who else we have peter here he says uh, finally a rabbit plane that vaguely looks like a rabbit uh, renaissance woodworker says definitely a specialty item good for tight spaces my rabbit shoulder or router plane can do the same now and uh, our buddy tree frog says nice looking but i'd rather have a router plane for dados and one size shoulder plane for tenon cleanup i'm giving it a meh so, so the question here is, what do you think about this, guys? I mean, is this a, a clearly it's, there's some redundancy here with this tool? But do you think we're at the point now that some of these hand tool manufacturers are going to be trying to invent a need and creating a tool to satisfy that need?
2: I I think so. Actually, uh, I I think my answer will be pretty short. But I I think yeah. That I think they are inventing new tools for a need that's always been there. The reason being. You've if you've been in this uh, this hobby this trade for a while, you've got tools that can do it. They need you to keep buying. That's mm-hmm. that's my that's my uh, conspiracy theory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, you're not too far off on that, I think. <laughs> yeah, and along along the lines of what you're saying, Veritas and Lee Valley make tools that really, technically, at the grade that they're making, them will outlast our life lifetimes. So these aren't things that are going to be replaced. So once someone has everything, you really don't need to go back to them for much anymore. So, yeah, I think they do need to kind of keep innovating in a world that doesn't really require a whole lot of innovation just for the the sake of staying in business. Right. Right.
0: They're, They're doing the opposite of what it seems like we've been doing for a long time, which is the throwaway culture, and yeah. they're they're doing the exact opposite. They're almost going to be like that Stride gum commercial. They're going to have a goat coming out and knocking <laughs> stuff off your workbench to make you buy new things. Uh,
1: intentionally uh, coming out to our shops and breaking our tools so we have to buy new ones.
0: Yeah. Sorry I threw that water on there. Wow. I hope that doesn't rust, but if it does, we got here's a new catalog. <laughs> Sorry about
1: that, but you can buy one for $1.99. There you go. Um, you know, <laughs> hey, I'll uh, just, uh, this is as an aside, I've been because of the sharpening, I've been doing some things with the tools and I had to actually call uh, Lee Valley the other day and wow, what what great customer service at that place. Have you guys ever had to call them for anything? No. no. Yeah, um, I had a problem with the, the little sharpening dealie. I was using their MK2 sharp uh, honing jig and mm-hmm. I was trying to do small, very, very thin chisels and it, it doesn't really work for narrow stuff. You really need a good amount of um, space to grip because it grips from the top and the bottom. Um, right. So if you you don't have anything gripping from the sides, a little quarter inch chisel is just kind of going to wiggle around. So I got desperate and I used my pliers to tighten the knurled brass knobs down. Oh no! <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course, I've got these nice grooves and ridges around, I was just very frustrated and needed to get this thing done. Um, so I called them and what I needed was a special order on the replacement knobs and uh just the the process of dealing with them was so pleasant and and just really refreshing to deal with We're just real people no problems no b s and and the next day I had a response to special orders in the knobs are costing me like two bucks and uh Sweet. their shipping is just their shipping is just insanely fast so anyway, just throwing out a little uh pat on the the back there for um for leave out right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I had my little incident, which we will rehash many, many times over the years, (laughs) as this goes on Uh, before they they did a great job for me and they kind of they did help me out. But the one thing they did do is I wanted to fix it myself and they threw so many experts at me Mm -hmm. to help me out with every possible angle of it. And I wouldn't doubt that this is true for anybody that calls. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. And let's face it, they're Canadian. So, you know, they're just they're just (laughs) automatically nice. Exactly, <laughs> they might be offended
1: and, by that, you know.
0: But, well, if anything, you we can have fun with it, at least you can get them to say a once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard but. to be
1: offended by telling someone that they're all you know stereotyping them as nice. I mean, yeah, you guys are so nice, you better stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. So, the other thing I had in here, and this uh, I've talked about this uh, quite a bit recently is the uh, woodworkers fighting cancer. I just want to make sure I mention that on the show. Um, is a little event and uh, it's it's a lot of things right now. It's about uh, the guild basically building a project together and we're building a shaker style end table. And if you want to help out, you don't necessarily have to join the guild and build the project. You, we do have um, uh, donations available. If you want to make a private uh, donation, just go to woodworkersfightingcancer.com. I won't spend too much time talking about that right now, but it's a great cause. Go to that website and, and read about it and you'll find out what it's all about. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, very cool very stuff. Good cause. Um, Definitely. Okay. Sweet, you yeah.
0: Know, you know, I did see in the uh, in the news, it looks like we, we had the passing away of a couple of great woodworkers, mm. a couple of people, especially um the first one. I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with John Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but he recently passed away. If you're not familiar with him, um he's the mastermind basically behind uh woodshopdemos.com. Yeah. And this is one of those that it was kind of funny because when I first got started with podcasting, I swear it was very tempting to go over there and just start stealing stuff from him like crazy <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah he's his site is amazing i mean it's it's really yeah. old school it hasn't been updated in terms of like it's not a blog or anything like that it is just almost straight html boom you know long run on pages but um his demonstrations are fantastic and he, the guy has got some style i mean the fact is every one of these things has some hot or nearly hot chick in in the picture mm-hmm. You know, (laughs) I wasn't going to say, I was going to leave for you to say that, but hey, you know what? I've said chick before in the show and it's all good because I know, I know some women so that, that exempts me. Um, yeah, the
0: babes don't mind it when you say stuff like that. <laughs> but,
1: but yeah, I mean, he's always had um, his assistants have always been attractive women, and it's almost uh, hilarious sometimes, but they're legitimately working with him in the shop doing these demonstrations. And, um, you know, whether it's showing off a technique or a new tool, he's done a lot of festool stuff recently. Um, mm. You've got to go check it out. It's at woodshopdemos.com. And sadly enough, uh, John did pass away recently. And um, just a personal story, when when I actually met Tom, you guys know Tampa Tom. I'm um, oh, familiar with him. Uh, that, yeah. You know that guy, uh, Tom's that guy. lips. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Tom and I were uh, members of the WWA forum way back, and that was where I met Tom, and uh, John was a member of that forum as well, and that was when I met John for the first time. And this was like literally, you know, before I had my first chisel in my hand. I was, I was reading some of the stuff that this guy would post on the forum, and uh Just a really great individual and always willing to help out, and he will definitely be missed. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah. Great content.
1: Um, The other guy is also, I'm going to refer you guys to an article on Tom's site. He did a little woodworking spotlight on Nikki, and I'm I'm going to probably trash his last name. Uh, Avrahami, I think.
0: Oh, you did so much better than I did. I was practicing that, and it came out. (laughs) every way except that way <laughs> yeah
1: and this guy is uh you know uh, both of these guys really i think are sort of unsung hero types guys that have been yeah. out there putting this stuff out for uh, for folks in the forums and maybe not getting quite as much credit as they deserved uh he was sort of a master jig maker i mean he made some really work of art you know level jigs uh, for the shop so uh, tom has a great write-up on there i'll put the link in the show notes for you guys to check that out as well
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, Tom did a fantastic job of really pointing out the stuff he did. And you're right, th- those jigs, half the time I'm looking and I'm going, wait a minute, did, was that for a piece of furniture or just to build the jig? Because those things <laughs>
1: yeah, are insane. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah he, do, he does some great work. Um, okay, moving around to the next uh our next segment here, around the web. we f- Well, this is something that we've both uh, been watching for a long time. And I don't know, Rick, if you've uh, been following Logan Cabinet Shop. Um, oh, Bob, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. He's pretty popular and he has... A great, a pretty good number of shows out already. And this this dude, if you're in the hand tools, this is like a newer, you know, Roy Underhill in a sense, you know, where he's really devoted to just anything that doesn't have a power cord, basically, um, to make some great projects. And I have been glued to this, uh, you know, I was just watching him make the, um, uh, what do you call it, legs? The, uh, Cabriole, oh, yeah. There you go. Just escape yeah. my memory. Thank. Good thing I have two co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, the funny thing was I made a just. All, I was showing how to make compound curved cuts on a bandsaw for the guild recently, and someone asked me. Um, one of the demos I did was sh- just quickly showing them how you can do that to make a cabriole leg, and they said, "Well, how would you do that with hand tools?" And I said, "I, I wouldn't. I would get someone else to do it." And um, <laughs> and so this was great because he's showing the entire process. Yeah. And, I mean, amazing work, and he does a fantastic job, great podcast. You guys definitely have to check him out. Uh, the website is Logan, L-O-G-A-N, Cabinet Shop, um, spelled shoppy, you know, like the fancy way, S-H-O-P-P-E. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like from the other side of the pond, how you'd expect them to, like theater with an R-E rather than an E-R. I don't know why they do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Logan Cabinet Shoppy dot, Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y, dot com. I'll put of course the, the link in the show notes for this but great great video podcast really you know a, a, just a real good no ego sort of guy just doing his thing I really really like his stuff
0: yeah
2: I, I, I do too
1: you
0: are you, right?
2: you know what I like about uh, you know what I like about Bob's setup is it, he he's putting out some terrific looking stuff but it almost looks like he's working out of a closet
1: doesn't it, it though really it narrow does. space. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see some pics of his shop. Yeah, it makes my shop look like I'm working in a barn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the camera plays tricks. It could just be the the an odd angle or something, but we'll have to ask him how big his shop is. Um, but Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good stuff. Seems like a real nice guy, so definitely uh, head on over there and check it out.
0: Right. You know, uh, a new uh, um, blog that just came up, a new website that I'm pretty excited about this. I think most of you probably know Todd Clippinger. He's pretty uh, active over at Lumberjocks. Mm-hmm. Uh Really great guy. Um, his site that he had currently was more or less for his, his businesses, for his furniture making and, and, and restoration. I think it's the other thing that he was doing. Right. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun because he had some things on there for woodworkers. Well, he's Jumped right in, head uh, feet first, it's going over the top of his head with this, and he's putting up a really great blog that I'm really excited about. You he flipping analogies. upside down and doing he's, somersaults. He's doing the double hanger off the top, <laughs> swinging it back and forth, a triple and doing a tuck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's got a new site up and running and I've been talking with him about this and really excited because there's a, a ton of great information. And uh I think he's planning on doing videos and he's gonna, you know, put up a lot of how tos and everything. And he's a great guy to learn fr- stuff from. I mean yeah. the the thing the post he has over at Lumberjocks, I mean, he's just got some really, really great stuff. So really excited, another really fantastic teacher. How many more times can I say really in one sentence?
1: I don't really know, man. Uh but yeah. I, I really think you could probably find out. Um, Yeah, Todd is a great dude. He's been he's been doing his own thing at uh, at Lumberjocks for a while, and I've been like, you know, you know, I've wanted him to do his own blog for a long time now. Um, Right. And I think that's the problem with stuff like Lumberjocks, right? I mean, you get someone in there, someone who's a good community contributor, isn't the natural reaction, the natural progression of someone through a site like that to eventually branch off and do their own thing? I think so. I mean, that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it, that kind of sucks for lumberjocks. I mean, but I but I think the great thing about this is I know we do this on the community. We allow people to cross post. If, if you've got your own blog and you want to come to the community and cross-post there just to generate more traffic or have more people see your, your blog post or video, uh, mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't do it. So um, I think right. that's probably what Todd's going to wind up, uh, what he's going to do. I know he contributes to to our community. So, um, right. But-
0: I, I hope he does because he really has a lot of stuff there, and the more people that can get exposed to it, yeah. again, it's going to just generate a ton of interest and keep this hobby of ours rolling so you young people will keep it moving on to the next generation <laughs> as us old folks move out of the way. Oh, yeah.
5: You're
1: young people. All right. um, now, uh, Dean actually is a, a friend of the show. He wrote me and said, um, here's a little pre-safety week thing that, that you may want to share with people. Uh, this is a study that, um, I guess this was done, who was it? I can't find who the study was done. Blah, blah. Journal of... Uh, the Journal of Trauma. Wow, that sounds like a fun read, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's some toilet <laughs> reading. Um,
1: but this is a fine woodworking post that they put up about this uh, article. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for it. That uh, Essentially, it says that they, let's see, blah, 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 roughly 31,400 people are treated in emergency rooms every year for table saw injuries. Whoa, um, yeah, this is compiling a research from 1990 to 2007 and it says amazingly that figure doesn't even include the folks who are injured on the job. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Wow,
0: that's crazy.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's say 93% of those injuries were to the user's finger, uh, finger's thumb or another part of their hand. 66% of those injuries had lacerations while 10% had amputations. So Ooh. yeah, a little bit of a, a pre-safety week heads up there but this is actually an interesting um, journal that that wrote this article, so you may want to check it out, and I'll put the link to that if you want to scare the crap out of yourself.
0: Yeah, that's one of those <laughs> you don't want to like bring it to the table. You know, sitting down at family dinner. Hey, you guys want to check something out? Look what I put on my iPhone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and one thing they mentioned in there that they, you know, I don't know whether it was the the journal or uh, fine woodworking that said this. I can't recall, but basically that there was really no uh, decrease this year after the um, law was put into effect that the, the, the saws would have to have a riving knife you know, or some sort of a functional splitter in place. And um, you know, I don't really see that as too much of a surprise considering in one year how much of an impact is this going to have for you know, these thousands and thousands of people who own table saws. Um, right. but, but I would hope that over time that is going to have some sort of effect as, you know, as it becomes a little bit more convenient to keep those safety devices on the saws.
0: Right. Well, how many my question when I was thinking about that is you, you can pass the law now, but that only refers to new ones going in, in into place. Exactly. So it's it's only you,
1: people who bought this year.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so if you if you have one like the one that I'm done with now and I'm kind of setting out there, that's one of my debates is what am I going to do with it? Do I want to put it out there and then have some Joe Schmo buy it? And then Joe Schmo ends up in the uh, uh, emergency room because Joe Schmo's fingers are now sitting on the table. Most so, likely. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting.
1: You're going to make them a statistic, Matt. <laughs> nice job. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got we to gotta make some tracks here. We got a bunch of sweet right. deals. Uh, let's, let's blow through these real quick.
0: Okay, first one, of course, we, of course, Woodcraft, they've got their spring two-day sale, of February 26th, 27th. Items range from 10 to 20% off. Uh, that's in-store, and I think they might have it online, but you know what? Definitely head over to their website. Check it out. We have links, of course. And then rather than reading these ones off, let me just say, if you head over to the woodcraft.com website, uh, Click on coupon offers, or I think it's special offers or something. You can click on the coupon area, which we'll have links for, and they always have things listed in there that are really great deals that I think are only online, so the coupon codes are in there. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of them if it's something that strikes you fancy. There you go. Um, And then, of course, uh, Highland Woodworking, free ground shipping on Festool, lower 48 states only. Sorry, Alaska and Hawaii, you don't get it. And uh, they have uh, the Lee Super FMT uh, free 16-piece guide set when you buy one. Uh, But that only is good till the end of the month, so take advantage of that. If you're interested in picking one up, again, links will be in the show notes.
1: There you go. And we've got, of course, uh, something from Eagle America here. Our buddies at Eagle America, the best place for rounder bits ever, ever. Um, that's, they, they oh, you know, that's they didn't they didn't pay me to say that or anything. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh what the what is the deal here? Uh place a $75 or more order and you get $10 off your order plus pay $4.99 flat rate shipping. That's pretty darn good. So, seventy buy, a $75 good. order, 10 bucks off and five basically 5 bucks flat rate shipping. You have to use the promo code woodtalk67 at checkout and the offer is valid through March 14th. So, you got a, wow, a couple lit. of weeks.
0: That's no, that's almost a whole month. Oh yeah, no, it it's is. not. Today's twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fourth. So
1: weeks. yeah, about two weeks.
0: Yeah, see that sh- shows our math. Okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> our, uh, that's not our math. I'm not taking credit for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're a happy family, Mark. <laughs> okay, all right, it's our math. Um, all right, moving right along. It came from the form, and I'm on, I'm not going to play that stupid audio clip that I usually play because that's getting on my nerves. Um, yeah, it's
0: starting to freak me out a little bit with those voices. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I've got a pretty high tolerance for annoying things. Um okay so this is a blog post and not a blog post the community post and this one was actually started by yours truly and it came out of a conversation that I had with Matt concerning his new table saw and also my well it's not new it's relatively new table saw and how flat the top was so that's the title of the post it's um it's how flat is your table saw and I just said, hey guys, doing a little research for an upcoming article and video, if you've ever measured your table saw for flatness, can you tell me what brand it is, how far out it is? And Basically, I just wanted to start a conversation on how aware of the flatness of people's table saws were they? Boy, that was a terrible sentence.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, that's why we don't have the grammar police around here. (laughs) I would have been arrested and thrown in
1: Yeah, Yeah, so the question was how flat is your table saw if you've ever measured it, and what I'm really getting at here is how much does it matter? So if, if you've done this, if you've got an opinion on this, if, contribute to the, uh, the, the answers there. A lot of people have chimed in and really the vast majority of people I was really happy to see kind of have that attitude like, you know what, it kind of doesn't matter unless, mm. unless you've got major problems within sort of a, a one inch or I'm sorry, a one foot radius of your blade, you are not going to notice. Even if it's significantly out toward the ends, um, you know, mine is over a 32nd in some areas. We, we were talking about this before, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. And even your granite top is not dead flat. But the question right. is, is it at a point that it really matters?
0: Right. Yep. And I say, nope, not mine. It's, it seems to be flat right in the right spots and dips where it doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, really, when you're talking about the length, a uh, long workpiece, it's really only at the area where you're putting pressure down, where it registers with the blade, that it matters. And even then, it's just not that big of a deal, you know. because exactly. it, It's just not yeah. something that we need that kind of high high level tolerance on. Um, right, because
0: it, it's wood; it's going to move anyways. So, not too concerned about it that much. As long as you get the joint together, you know, screws and stuff will hold it together. I'm not worried about it. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, there's another advantage to the whole, you know, using hand tools to finesse the fit of these things. Because if it's slightly out, it, it doesn't really matter. You're you're going to be using a plane to get it nice and flat and clean and smooth anyway before you you drop that tenon into the mortise.
0: Oh, isn't that true? I mean, how many times I, I tried before I even delved into the world of hand tools that I tried to remove like that one thirty second of an inch off my my tenon cheek yeah. and then i would remove an eighth of an inch
1: <laughs> right exactly um rick um have you ever even put a straight edge down on your your table saw surface
2: i, I think you're assuming i have a straight edge <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah, yeah. That, that i am I, it's it's been a, it's been a while uh you know i didn't know about the forum topic uh until about two hours ago but okay uh, yeah, I, I, I have a long time ago and it was when I was cleaning it up after I first got it, had a bunch of, uh, rust on it. And I had, uh, you know, tried to sand the rust off before I knew anything about cast iron mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I put a little bit of a divot in it in one corner, but it was already past the blade and it was on the right hand side. I don't, I don't do a lot of right hand cutting. I don't know why I do a lot of left hand cutting. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I do that I know of. I have a dip, but you know, I I, I think you're right. It doesn't doesn't really do a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I got my uh, when I got my PM custom a couple years ago. I was really focused on it. And in fact, because it's Blanchard ground, it's supposed to be like that's the whole point of paying extra money for this. So it's supposed to be perfect. Right. And when I got it, because of these things, I think they came the tops after they were ground came from Alabama, so it was really, really humid there at the time and and it was sent to me during the uh, summer months, so obviously not very humid here and cast iron moves it warps, and mm-hmm. they sent me two different tops I mean we were going through this back and forth, trying to shim it and get it to be perfect, no matter what we did, I could not get this thing to be perfectly flat. And what happened was, it was just a matter of like, look, I mean, how long am I supposed to go down this path of trying to, you know, figure this thing out and get it quote unquote perfect? Forget about it. I'm just going to start using the saw. And, you know, and here it is a couple years later, I decided to throw a straight edge on it. And I think it's even worse than it was. (laughs) Um, But what I was able to do was take a look back and go, you know what? It's been a couple years. I've built this, 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 and this. And I have yet to really walk away from this thinking, boy, if I just had that perfectly flat table saw, this would have come out better. Um, yeah, I, I think
0: it's all it's all for the engineers. It's practically bragging rights at yeah. the tool manufacturer because they'll go into like these specifications that I'm like, I just want to know if I put a blade on it, is it going to run? That's yeah. all I want to know.
1: Right. So there's some great responses in the, in that forum thread. Uh, some some people have some funny responses to the whole thing concerning you know the influx of cheap uh, Chinese-made measuring devices. Now everybody thinks that they're <laughs> like a machinist <laughs> in their shop measuring things to the level that they have no business even worrying about, but. Yeah, I heard the new 90 degrees is 92.
0: So it's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. One thing I'll say with the, the granite top one, I, I measured it just before we went on air just to make sure I, my numbers were right. And mm-hmm. right at the very beginning of it, I have two dips on either side of the blade, but in the very front where you're first going to be feeding in and they're they're rather significant. Um, What I think they're well significant from what you would expect it to be. Uh, I okay. think it was like five one thousands or something like that. And which really, if you think about it, it's not that big of a deal. That's nothing, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly you no. Know, because then I got up to the other area. But it's still the fact that it's granite and they keep claiming it's supposed to be dead flat.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's that expectation now that it, even if it doesn't matter, you're still expecting it to be dead flat.
0: So. Exactly. So now I have a whole new level to panic about and let my OCD kick in. So, yeah.
1: All right. Well, we did get an email and uh, we're going to give Rick the pleasure of reading that. And I will warn you, I just read through this and saw that the B word is a couple lines in there that you may want to censor as you're reading that. I should have erased that myself. But. All right.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, we got an email from Daniel, a.k.a. Yucatan Dan, and I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, he used to be on Twitter a lot.
1: Yeah, he's around. He's a little quiet these days.
2: Okay, uh, but since says here, since being here in British Columbia and learning from European-trained joiners, I have picked up a few things from these old schoolers. We work with a lot of veneer sheet goods and generally do our layout with a pencil. But when the time comes to sand, it's a real bee to sand those pencil marks without burning through the veneer. I've tried using an eraser on the pencil, but it leaves greasy marks and smudges all over the veneer. After many frustrations, my my German mentor showed me this trick. He uses a synthetic wine cork. Of course, when he showed me, of course when he showed me, it no longer resembled a cork, and he had a good laugh while I tried to figure out what it was. Cheers, Daniel.
1: That's pretty cool. I never knew about that. Yeah, that's good
0: because when, when Susie mentioned the synthetic thing, the first thing I thought of are those artist erasers. Like there's the little gum thing and then there's a yeah. white eraser. And right. those those are all we pretty much use in this household and they, they leave no marks at all. So hmm. I wonder if it has the same properties. That's kind of neat.
1: Oh, nifty. Well, now I got to start drinking wine.
0: I know. I was just thinking <laughs> Santa Wino, so I might as well just grab some of hers. <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah, unfortunately we don't drink much here, so I don't have any, but uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to start a new habit. Eh, don't worry about it. She drinks for all of us. We're good. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys can send me some when, when you finish off a bottle. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, we do have one uh, voicemail here from our good buddy Roberto because what would be Roberto. a Wood Talk Online? Yeah. What would be a Wood Talk Online without Roberto? Uh, all right. Let's listen to it. He's got a question about clamps. Hey, guys. How you
5: doing? This is uh, Roberto from New Mexico. I have a question concerning clamps. I'm building a... Uh do a certain project and I need a lot of long clamps and by long I mean 40 inches probably 80 inches anyways and like most woodworkers I'm kind of cheap so I was wondering I know there's the Bessie and the Jorgensen clamps or you know top of the line jet clamps but I can't afford a lot of those I need about gosh uh, probably I don't know 10 to 20 of these clamps and I saw Harbor Freight has some obviously cheaper clamps, but a lot less expensive. I just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on inexpensive clamps to use for a project instead of, you know, going out and buying hundreds of dollars worth of clamps. Let me know. Thanks.
1: Okay, so uh, clamps, clamps, clamps. Now, I don't really have any cheap clamps. Um, I've gotten rid of them over the years and basically saved up until I can get a good set of of good quality ones. But I would imagine if you're in a pinch and you need to get some of those Harbor Freight, Shop Fox, you know, some of the cheaper ones out there, that they work just fine. You just have to be a little bit more careful with them. You don't want to over-tighten them. You don't want to drop them. Um, right you know but I, I think fine woodworking I, I believe did a review recently where they compared a lot of the cabinet uh, style parallel uh, jaw clamps and and you know that's pretty much what they found out it's just a little bit cheaper plastic, a couple cheaper parts but they still work you, right you know so I don't see any reason why he can't invest in a decent set of long clamps um, from a cheaper less expensive source.
0: Right, and, and you nailed that right there on the head with the the clamping power. is the one thing that I always think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Rick, what do you have to say about that? I, I cut you off again. I'm, I'm that's, cutting that's off okay. all, all the time.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> immediately when I, when I listened to his message earlier, I, I started thinking of uh, pipe clamps because you can make pipe clamps as long as you want. Mm-hmm. And but then but then I'm thinking, okay, the pipe is what's going to cost you, and so then I thought it's, started thinking about when I was going to. I build my own vise out of uh, threaded rods. Hmm. Those threaded rods I bought were four feet long, and they only cost me like a buck a foot. Okay. So if you go out and get yourself, you know, a handful of those uh, long threaded rods, some nuts to go on the ends, um, and, you know, some scrap two-by-fours or something like that, you can build yourself a clamp pretty easy.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. I
2: don't okay. you can't do eighty inches, but you can do the forty yeah.
1: inches. Well, and that's the other thing. If you can do the forties, then you could always link two forties together. I mean, even right. if he exactly. if he is gonna invest in a smaller range clamps that he might be able to use more or get more use out of so he can justify buying those, well, you could link two forties together or two, you know, four footers and get a an easy, you know, eight foot out of it. So right. um that might be two different ways for them to go but yeah I mean even the pipe clamp is is a great suggestion and then this th- uh, thread idea I've never even thought about that I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah sweet that because the pipe clamps was the first thing I thought about also mm-hmm, uh, right. but I agree yeah that could get expensive too. So
1: well even then those- like even then a pipe clamp what are we looking at uh, the the little I know what is it Yeah those ponies um, can get expensive. Ponies are like 20 25 bucks or something for a set and then you're looking at maybe I'm throwing a number out there I think it's like 15 maybe 20 bucks for a decent Galvanized pipe, or um, yep, right. And if you go yeah. with one of the what is it, the zinc alloy ones that don't stain the work, those are even more expensive,
0: right? Yeah. So either way, you're you're kind of coming into the same price range. So it's you know yeah, you know bite the bullet one way or the other. And I kind of agree. I think that I think going with the cabinet ones uh, are definitely a better way to go because you you're, you're going to get more use out of them. I, I think yeah. that's the, one of the best things.
1: Sure. Right. Okay, we've got uh, Tom's tip and a tip from uh, Carrie as well. So let's listen to our good boy tom and uh he's getting a little bit fancy on this one uh, you'll see what i mean <laughs> oh no tom's tips that's right i said tom's tips i didn't say tom's lips i said tom's tips hello everyone it's tom
6: Iovino from tom's workbench and it's time for another one of tom's tips everyone loves a smooth operator And when it comes to getting a smooth project, there's nothing quite like turning pointed corners into sweeping radii. But how to get consistent radii on different corners? Sure, you can buy fancy radius tracing jigs, calculate the curve mathematically, or turn to a fancy set of dividers. But why waste the time or the money? Coins, cans, jars, trash cans, hubcaps, and other round objects are easy templates you already have lying around the shop. Just mark where you want the curves to begin on each side of the radius and trace that smooth line you can cut or sand to. How's that for smooth, baby? If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit the Wood Whisperer community
0: at community.thewoodwhisperer.com.
1: Yeah, super smooth, Tom. Very <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I like that hubcap idea. I just hope it yeah. puts it back before the neighbor gets out in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, how many people have hubcaps just laying around? I, I know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll look around, but I, I think I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, great tip, though. Thanks so much, Tom. And that's uh, tomsworkbench.com if you want some, uh, some more great tips from Tommy Boy over there. He does some, uh, some really great blog posts. He's a busy guy. Definitely. Sweet. Okay. So we got a tip from our girl, Carrie, because she's awesome. Here we go.
3: I have a confession. I'm not proud of it, and I try my best to correct it, but the truth is I lean to the left. Some of you may be surprised or even a little disappointed to hear that, but it's true. No matter how hard I try to keep even pressure on my plane, the edge I'm jointing becomes sloped to the left. Knowing this about myself, I take a conservative approach to jointing by frequently checking my progress with a square. You might think the way to remedy the problem is to lean to the right, but that would only result in a bifurcated ridge down the middle of the board with slopes to the left and to the right. Instead, seat your plane firmly on the right side of the edge of the board, being sure to keep the plane perfectly flat. Don't get too radical, only take a pass or two. As you continue to plane, Gradually migrate towards center until you produce a shaving that equals the entire width of the edge. I'll continue to practice this technique and someday I'll be able to take moderately level shavings right from the start. That's because keeping centered is my primary focus.
1: I think I've got to throw a bucket of cold water on the chat room right now. <laughs> just think of that too. I'm looking at it going, wait a minute. What, what is going on in there? You you crazy guys. Um, they're all get I mean, she's got a fantastic voice. They're all getting excited in there.
0: I have to tell you that Carrie uh, is one of the most requested voices on uh, Spoken Wood. And I've only had her on once.
1: <laughs> See that? That's all it takes, man. She's uh, she. I, I really think she's got a career in like audio books or something. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she could
0: read the uh, telephone uh, book, and we'd be all set. <laughs> yeah, down
1: boys, down boys. All right, she's she's in a committed relationship. Easy. All right.
0: Just blown away by <laughs> the fact you use bifurcated. I haven't used that since I left college. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's
1: true. And let's let's not forget there was a solid woodworking tip in there. I'm not sure if anyone actually heard it, but it was there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I definitely did, and I'm going to try it the next time because I have a tendency to go that way also. So I'm this that that was a good point. Yeah. Now, so like that's that's
1: that's a good question. Do you tend? Let's let's bring this back on on focus here. Um, do you do <laughs> no, you tend to lean? Do you <laughs> lean one way or the other, and have to make an adjustment with your uh, the path of the blade to get that to to be nice and square?
0: Yeah. I, every single time, I think I, I, I grab the plane and I I get ready to start going, and I almost have that immediate like mm, I bet you it's off. And yeah. sure enough, every single time, I seem to have pressure too much on one side or the other. So, mm.
1: I was yeah. going to say, I'm I'm still waiting for a consist. I don't mind it being wrong, but I want it to be like wrong consistently. You know, I, I can't. I I'm still waiting for it to either be one way or the other. It's kind of <laughs> just like a crapshoot every time I do it.
0: Yeah, I always make sure it's a light pass at first, so then I can come back and be like, okay, no, just a little to the right, like,
1: a little to the uh, okay. <laughs> now, hey, I'm curious, uh, Rick. I don't know too much about your your personal woodworking or woodworking style. Do you do you favor power tools or, or hand tools?
2: Well, you know, I think I'm right down the middle. Uh, I, I think I'm definitely, you know, one of the one of the hybridist hybrid woodworkers because. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know enough about either to say that I favor one or the other. Mm-hmm. So you'll you'll find me out in my shop using, um, you know, using power tools along with, you know, their tailed cousins, you know, in, in on the same project, you know, within 10 minutes of each other. I, sure. I'm just as I'm just as likely to use my miter saw as a handsaw.
1: OK, there you go. Yeah, oh, cool. Sweet. good. Hey, um, I think we're pretty much done here, Rick. Do you have anything that you want to promote, or anyone anywhere you want to send some people to check something out?
2: Uh, I'd like to invite uh, everyone to go to both the Splinterboard Podcast and the Sawdust Chronicles Podcast in the next uh, well well in the next two weeks. I, I figure I'm going to have I don't know a few hours worth of content on both podcasts uh after this coming weekend i'm going over to uh boston uh, for the new england home show Ah, with a lot of well-known uh well-known people in the woodworking industry and uh, i should have a lot of really good material
1: well if you could could you tell us a little bit about that just if anybody's local or in the area that we can maybe they don't know about it that uh, they can go and see what's going on there
2: Sure. Uh, it's the, uh, New England home show. I, I forget the hotel that it's at, but it's really close to Logan airport. Uh, I can give you the link to where it's at, but, uh, I don't, I don't have it right in front of me. Okay. It is from Thursday through Sunday, uh, mostly from, uh, noon until I think sometimes nine at night. And, uh, it's going, it's, you know, all about, uh, home furnishings and, uh, you know, home renovating and, and all, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's a home show. Sure, sure. Um, Tommy McDonald will be there um Neil Char uh, I'm sorry Charles Neil was supposed to be there but uh, oh, he's not he going to be able backup. to make it
1: Oh, that sucks yeah
2: he he's not going to be able to make it but uh um Eli Cleveland uh Tommy's assistant will be there mm-hmm. and so will uh Neil Lehman. Okay. so uh, a lot and a lot of the people from the lumberjacks and two hundred seven communities.
1: I was uh, I was talking to Tommy about that. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. He's got tools coming in and demos, and it should be interesting to see that at a home show. I, I would imagine you guys are going to get a huge crowd just because you're not just like selling a product or, or doors or you know <laughs> yeah. um, you know garage cabinets or something like that. This is actually a learning experience for people. So it sounds like it's going to be a great event.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm actually. Uh, Straight from here, I'm going upstairs to pack and I'm leaving uh, first thing tomorrow morning.
1: Wow, that is oh, awesome. Man. Cool, man. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to hear the content from there. Good luck with that. Tell everyone that uh, we said hello and uh, have a safe trip. Yeah, we'll right, do. Thanks a lot. Okay, well, we're going to close out the show now and of course we'd like to thank our special guest, Rick Waters, and definitely go check out his stuff. We'll have some links to his websites and podcasts uh, in the show notes and until next time, I guess we, uh, you should probably give him the contact information and we'll, we'll ski-daddle. No, I'm
0: not going to give it to them. They have been horrible <laughs> in the chat room tonight. You guys are That's bad, right. Maybe bad they bad don't deserve people. it. <laughs> That's right. No. All right. I'll do it anyways. I'm horrible. I spoil everybody. So if you want to get a hold of us, two different ways email woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone like our good friend Roberto who has it on speed dial, 623 242. 2450. We want to hear from you. So thanks for stopping by, folks. Rick, have a good trip, safe trip. Say hi to everybody and uh, watch you Draz while you're out there.
2: Hi, yeah, draws, Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey. It's, been, it's been fun.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thanks a lot.
2: All right. Bye-bye. Toodaloo.
5: Well, here's my first voice mail to you guys. Uh, great job. And I'm listening to your. Latest show, and your approach about finishing um, jobs with your hand tools that you started with your power tools is something I totally subscribe. Oh, by the way, my name is Bobby Slack from Gaucho Woodworking, Bobby Slack. So, hey, keep the good work. Thank you. There's my first message. You got a voice. Ciao.